Reiki, Gokul, Aho, Te Tuapao, Okefano, Ko Jackie, Dok Taku Wahine, and Ko. Testimony of this. 
God's grace never never gives up on us. He never, it, it's never too late. <coughs> There's always a now moment in God where we can find him touching our hearts again. And um, it's always a new day in God. So um, I guess the, the thing that I had on my heart, I had this on my heart before the camp, but the kind of thing I want to bring is that it's this dual thing which has revolutionized me, I guess. And it's the amazing gospel of God is this. On one hand, God accepts us. And yet also, God loves us so much with a passion that he's committed to change us. And I, I love that dual aspect of the gospel. I love it so much because in the, in the culture we live in, acceptance can so often be, well, we just accept each other as we are then. And it's almost like, so that's it. We accept as we are. What I do love is that when we come to God, He accepts us as we are, but He loves us with a passion and doesn't want us to leave us where we are. He's so committed to us. And uh, I love that about the grace of God. Uh, you know, when I first came to Christ, I felt grateful for the fact that He received me. That though I was sinful, he had mercy on me and forgave me. It's taken a little, little bit longer for me to understand that his acceptance of me is also passionate towards changing me and causing me to be a son who, in some way, more and more reflects the likeness of Jesus. That gets me passionate. I love that whole thing. That is what God is wanting to do in us. So I guess you could ask the question, well, why do we need to keep changing then? Why do we, you know, why do we go to a camp and suddenly find God touches our heart again? Why do we need to do that? Doesn't God love us anyway the way we are? And uh, that's what I say. When you read the Bible, you get this dual message that seems to come through that God is prepared to love and accept sinful people and welcome them into his family. And so we don't need to patch ourselves up to come to God. We come as we are. That is the mercy and grace of God, and because Jesus died on the cross, he forgives us. But then the wonderful mercy of God and grace of God keeps chasing us because he's longing to bring out the family likeness in us. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for that. So you've got these two things. You've got God loves us and accepts us, but the Bible says we've got to change. It's like, well, are they opposites? Which is true. Both are true. Both are true. And that's kind of what I want to uh, share and talk about this morning. The truth is, and this is so important to hear this, the truth is, I don't change in order to be accepted and for God to like me. I don't change to make him like me. The truth is this, I change because he loves me so much. That's any change that's happened in me is because he loves me so much. And he wants to form Jesus in me. You see, Jesus, and the heart of the Father is this, he loves us so much, he will not, he refuses to leave us in a broken, messed up place. He doesn't just come to us and forgive us and leave us messed and broken up. He comes to us to heal us, to restore us, to welcome us in. 
say he loves us. You see, when Jesus first invites you and me to follow him, he says, follow me. He says, repent and believe the good news. And repentance, as Phil reminded us at the camp, repentance literally means change the way you think. And so when you come to follow Christ, you need to change the way you think. There needs to be a repentance about turning your head the way you think about God. There needs to be a repentance in your head and in your heart about how you view yourself and how you view issues of sin. You need to get real. Jesus says you need to get real with things that are messed up in the wrong, wrong way around and start to think differently and have a different perspective. And the thing is, when you start to think differently and you start to believe differently, what you find then is, by the grace of God, you start to live differently. And if you go down the religious route of just trying to follow the rules and live differently without your mind and your heart being changed, there will be dead religion and you'll beat yourself up and it will lead nowhere. Heart transformation starts with repentance and repentance. And then your life starts to change. Paul tells those who are following Jesus to continually be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's a thing that, if, in other words, what he's saying is actually, if you're going to follow Jesus, get used to repenting. Get used to renewing your mind. Because that's when transformation comes. And so repentance isn't living in a deep, sorrowful, mournful state. Repentance is now, I need to constantly renew my mind and think what God thinks. And it's as we repent, as we change our minds, change our hearts, that our lives change. So he says we're transformed by the renewing of our minds. So how do we change? Well, just to be clear again, it's not by beating ourselves up, and it's not by beating each other up. <laughs> Thankfully. <laughs> It's not by judging each other. That gets nowhere. That doesn't bring change at all. I believe that the key, the biblical key to change is acceptance. But biblical acceptance. And that's where we need to define it differently from what can be very popular that just says acceptance, accept people as they are, and that's how we stay. God loves us too passionately to leave us as we were when we came to Christ. He continually changed us. And so it's as we learn to uh, receive God's love and learn to love ourselves and love one another, it creates a culture and atmosphere where change can happen. Who's up for that? That's good, eh? But it's not a forced thing at all. It's by the grace of God. So let's just look through some Aspects, and I'm sorry I haven't got um, PowerPoints today, but three areas in terms of this acceptance, which is really key to us. The first is this, that we need to be very good at receiving Father's unconditional acceptance of us. Paul says in Romans 5, and I've just got D 
different scriptures, so you can't turn to a scripture, but if you want to look up things afterwards, just take the notes down if I give you the address as to where it is in the Bible. Anyway, so Romans 5.8 says this, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. That's the starting point. It's while we were messed up, while we were broken, while we were in bondage, and some people were really in bondage to sin, while we were there, that's when God embraced us. That's when God loved us. That's when he came to us. Some people think you need to patch yourself up in order to get God. No, listen, Christmas is all about God sent a saviour. Because we needed saving. We needed a rescue. So we don't patch ourselves up. No, we come as we are. His grace and not our performance is always the ground for our acceptance. And at the cross, to use the technical term, I am justified. The way God looks at it is he completely forgives my sin. And so it's just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God sees me. That is the amazing power of the cross. When you come to Jesus, it's like you've never sinned. You're not a patched up sinner. It's like you've never sinned. Let the power of the cross get your heart. It's like, whoa. So God doesn't look at you and go, oh, look what you used to be, but no, put it in the back of my mind. I see you as lovely. No, in Christ, he sees you <coughs> as beloved and accepted. He sees you justified. There's no, there's no stain on you. You know when the Bible says clothe yourself with Christ, it's not a cover up, a sinful mess. No, Christ is formed in you, you are clothed in Christ. There's no mess to clear up. He's cleared it up on the cross. Yeah. Hallelujah. Woo! That's good, eh? Yeah. You see, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere in the scripture does it say this. Nowhere are we told to clean ourselves up before God accepts us. Jesus tells us the story of the prodigal son, the son who screwed up and messed up. And what happened is this. The, he comes home, but the father runs to him when he's still got his rags on, when he still stinks of pigs. That's when the father embraces him. And having embraced him, he then brings him home. And that's where he has a bath. And that's where he has new clothes. And that's where he has a ring on his finger. And that's where he's given dignity. That's where he's given purpose. That's where he realises how much the father loves him. But it was the moment that he came to, to the father. Was the, he was filthy. He stunk. And when I came to Christ, and when you came to Christ, and if you've yet to come to Christ, you come with your stinky clothes. He loves us. And is so willing to accept us. Hallelujah. You see, it says in Ephesians 2, verse 12, it says you were separated from Christ. That's how you were. You were separated from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship. You were foreigners to the promises or the covenants of promise. But now in Christ, you know, you were that, but now in Christ, you're included, you're family, you're loved. This is the amazing deal that Jesus has done for us, which means now... Everyone who comes to Christ can be forgiven. Everyone who comes to Christ can be loved and accepted and know that Father loves me. I love that song that says, I'm impressed at the foot of the cross. 
I used to crumble in a stinking mess at the foot of cross and thought that Jesus tolerated my smell. What I've discovered this is as I come to the foot of the cross, he lifts me up and embraces me as a dear son. The grace of God is amazing. So why do I need to change? If I'm accepted by God like I am, why do I need to change? I don't need to change to be liked or accepted anymore because guess what? God cannot love you any more than the way he loves you right now. And you cannot be more loving in his sight than you are right now. He loves us. But the reason I need to change is this. Because he loves me too much to leave me the way I am. He loves me too much. And he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. That's why we change. That's why the Holy Spirit comes and convicts us. That's why, whether you go to a camp or you go to church or just in your own time with God, you find a turmoil going on because the Holy Spirit stirs something in you. Why? Because he's wanting to bring a transformation in you and me. That's what the Bible calls sanctification. It's the working of the Spirit in you to increasingly bring out family likeness. Praise God. You know, areas of sin in my life, and there have been many, have never been overcome by God condemning me or rejecting me. Never will. But it was his love and his acceptance of me that won me, that changed me. That's the gospel of Jesus. It's his whisper to me that says, Son, you're too precious to be messed up like this. You are too precious to be dabbling in this sin. You're too, you know, there were areas in my life, areas of impurity, which I was so ashamed of when I heard his whisper saying, Son, you're too special to me for this. You're a holy vessel. You're too special. When I was when I was really caught up with the whole um, I was I was terrible shocker for belief, for finance and God's provision. But God unlocked that in me. Why, how did he do that? It's by loving me, by accepting me, by winning me. Never once was it a robber. That's why, that's why the Bible talks about uh, the Lord disciplines those who loves. He loves. And the first day that I realised it was the loving discipline of God that got me, man, it, 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 it burst my heart open. Because I realised he loved me. And that's why the Spirit was niggling away and, and, and showing me areas of sin in my life. I thought it's because the Father loves me. He refuses to let me carry on the way I am. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Listen, if that's how God loves us and accepts us, listen, if you get that into your heart, if you get a hold of it, not just get a hold of it in your head, when that truth gets hold of you, it frees you up. It totally frees you to change. Because I'm not trying to make God like me anymore. He loves me more than I know. But it frees me to be his son and to allow the likeness of Jesus come through in my life. And that's the truth for everyone who has followed Jesus. The second area that is true with acceptance is we need to learn to love and accept ourselves. Now again, 
Let's have a biblical perspective on it, not a, a worldly one that just sort of lives for revolving life around myself. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about learning to love yourself as God has loved you. Because it's one thing to know God loves you, but when you really know that he does like you, it frees you to go to life with yourself and be comfortable in your own skin. You see, we live in a world that doesn't really do the kingdom of God very well. It doesn't often reflect it. So we're in a culture that, you know, most of us in this room, come on, let's face it, all of us in this room at some point have faced rejection. We've come under false words spoken over us, whether it can be innocent words in family or at work or at school, <coughs> or it can be just harsh words. And wherever it is, it can be deep, deep things that God does in our hearts. You know, you're not like your brother or your sister, or I wish you were like this. Maybe even I wish, you know, we were happier without you. Words can cut so deep. School is crazy, eh? If you don't fit in, and, and if, you know, if you're not particularly sporty, if you're a little bit goofy when it comes to sports, or you know, or if you're if you're too smart, it can be not very good. And I know that in my own um, schooling, uh, there are a couple of guys that I remember, and the reason I remember them is because I, along with others, were so cruel to them. The, the culture of rejection. There was one guy who was just bright and spoke like a plum in his mouth, and he was Benjamin Green. We called him Benji, and we used to give him grief. And we didn't let up until he cried. That's a culture of rejection. There's another guy who, you know, teenagers, I mean, complexion of teenagers' skin is not good, eh? One guy turned up, I can't even remember his name, we just called him Pogo. No idea why. Poor guy. Right through. I just the poor guy. We the little things. I know who I felt <coughs> and I was part of that. That's the culture we grow up in. That's not the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the because what that does is and I don't know what these guys have what scars they've got in, in life. I know that I was part of giving those scars and I know I've received God's grace for it. Didn't realise it was going to touch me like that. We don't want to be like that. But listen, if you've had scars put on you, you know how it hurts. And the thing is, we can end up rejecting ourselves. In fact, I remember, Josh, I, I remember Ben sitting there in class, and he sat like this, and he was banging his head, and he said, what have I done to deserve this? nothing to deserve that. And God loves you the way that he wired you to be. And you were a bright kid. And he loves you. And he gave you a brain. If only I'd seen him as God saw him. You see, we can take scars into life that cut us deep and we can end up rejecting ourselves based on what other people think of us. And the lie we believe is this. The lie we embrace, the lie we learn, it just seems to hang over us. It seems to fit us. It's like, I, 
if I, I'm going to be rejected. I need someone's approval to be worth something. And we can just hang ourselves and just not feel, you know, if I'm going to feel good about myself, I need other people to give me that okay. I need other people to like me. The truth is this. In Christ, <coughs> I'm reconciled to God. <coughs> I'm totally forgiven and accepted by Him. Completely. Amen. My acceptance is not based on what others think of me. It's what my dad thinks of me. That defines me. It defines you. The moment you come to Christ, that defines you. What God says about you. My acceptance is based not on what I feel about myself. It's what he feels about me. Paul, when he's teaching us uh, not to discount ourselves in um, 1 Corinthians 12, you know, he talks about the body of Christ. He says, look, just because you're not a hand doesn't mean that you're not part of the body. Just because you're like this, it doesn't mean you don't fit. And what he's saying to us, it's another thing of like, change the way you think, guys. Don't see yourself as on the side, worthless. He says, no, 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 every part of the body is valuable to the Father. Everyone is loved by God. The truth is, Paul says, God's included me in the body. I'm chosen, I'm loved. I have a part to play. That's true for you. And when we get through on issues of self-rejection and start to realise we accept who we are, when we get through on that, it actually then frees us to be like that to others. It's, uh, it's, it um, frees us to accept others and to serve others. So thirdly, I just want to talk about um, embracing and accepting each other. Ephesians 5.1 says this, uh, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. You see, as sons and daughters, he is so committed to bring us to the likeness of his son. The father loves his own precious son. And when he gave us his son, he, Jesus poured out his life and entered his life. In fact, he said it's like a seed in the ground. You put your, a seed in the ground, it gives up its life so that many more seeds can come through. Jesus laid his life down for you and for me. Why? So there'll be many more seeds like him. That's what God's doing. And so Romans 15 verse 7 says, Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you. That's the model. That's the standard in order to bring praise to God. Which means when we accept each other, it means we welcome and include and receive. We love, we embrace one another. Just as Jesus did with us. It means we refuse to judge. But we instead prefer to see people's potential the way that God sees them. That's why we're committed to developing a culture of inclusiveness in the church. That's why we're developing a culture of honour in this house. 
That's why we're developing a culture of generosity. Because it brings glory to God. Because it reflects God's glorious, outrageous grace and acceptance of us. That's what we're building here. Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. About him. So, <clears throat> you know, it's while we were broken and perfect that God accepted us. It's while we were in slavery to sin. It's while we were hurting that Jesus received us. And he received us with openness, tenderness, and compassion. Thank you very much. It might be a harsh for my skin. But <laughs> Understanding what it is to be real and authentic. Because the spirit of authenticity, which we're seeking to build here, means humility. It means being real about where we are. It means being more aware of my shortfall than yours. Does that mean then, just to push an argument, I'm doing a bit of an apostle Paul on this one, does it mean then that we tolerate sin? Paul says, you know, does the grace of God mean that we let Satan get away with it? It's a good question to ask. No. It doesn't mean that we're light on sin. But I'd say again, it's never going to be rejection and being judgmental that's going to change your being. Because when God accepted you, that was, that was what it changed you. It wasn't the condemnation. Instead, it's going to be our love and our acceptance win people over. That's what people need to be able to change, eh? It's that sort of love and acceptance that comes from God that has such a love and passion in the heart that you love, we love one another so much. Listen, I hope you don't want me to stay where I am today. I hope that, you know, my heart for you is you don't stay where you are today. There is no ceilings on us. In God, we are growing. And he's growing sons and daughters. There's no ceilings on us. And the more grace we receive, the more we get transformed into his likeness. Hallelujah. It's not my job to change anyone. It's actually my job to love them. And God doesn't change him. So he yeah, changes in the air, changes in the atmosphere. We won't be able to get away with sin. Because we're in the Father's house. But it's love and acceptance that brings change. The truth is this. If I accept you and love you, it's <coughs> your best chance of change. <coughs> if you love me and accept me, it's my best chance of change. That's why we're building this thing. I know I've told you some of you before, 
I know um, a few years back I was convicted of being selfish and critical in our marriage. And um, I wasn't being fair. I was putting expectations onto Jackie that were not fair on her. I was, I was kind of, I guess I was looking for stuff from Jackie that was a deep hole inside of me which only God can fulfill. And so what I was doing was actually pushing away and rejecting the one that I promised to be faithful to and serve and love her in my life. And it was only not me beating myself up about that, but it was recognising God's love of me and God's acceptance of me and that the Father actually loved me and loved me so much that he squeezed me with an embrace to change me. That's only given me half a chance to love my wife. I didn't mean half a chance. Do you know what I mean? It's the only way. And a good work in you will carry it on to completion. Woohoo! Let's go there. There's no half finished jobs in the house. Because God will carry on to completion. Why? Because He loves you. The Father always completes what He starts. I guess the challenge is that we're going to put on those lenses that see people as God sees them. That sees people as God is, you know, all the potential. When God looks at you, he sees all the potential in you. Is that how we're going to see each other? Because that's what God's calling us to do. Not rejecting them for who they are now, where they come from, but receiving and embracing them as Christ does. Remembering this, we're all works in progress. We're happy about that. Why don't you just stand?